Chapter 1. In January 2020, the city of Elk Grove, California, became a compassionate city, or at least on paper. During their January 8th meeting, the Sacramento suburb issued a proclamation advanced by a group called Compassionate Elk Grove. Here are what a couple of Elk Grove residents said during the hearing on that proclamation. Uh, the point I want to make is that there is a huge amount of science behind the idea of compassion. Um, it, it's actually fascinated psychologists and sociologists. In a nutshell, compassion is good for the people who receive it. It's even better for those who offer it. One thing I want us to do as a community is stay steeped in teaching all generations what was once a fixture in most children's upbringing. Treat others as if you wish to be treated. I commend the city for seeing this important, the importance of looking at each decision through the lens of compassion first. As they approved the proclamation, Elk Grove City Council members Stephanie Wynn and Darren Soon said this about compassion. Very supportive of this. I hope that we can be examples uh, starting um, with just ourselves and our city and making sure that young people understand about compassion because I think they forget about that. They don't understand what that, that truly means. And so I'm very supportive behind this. I, we can always use a little bit more compassion. I give you that. I'm Dan Gowardy, and on this edition of Elk Grove News Podcast, we'll take a look at Elk Grove's proclamation of compassion through a specific lens. That lens was the Elk Grove City Council's July 27, 2022 denial of a supportive housing project meant to assist over 60 people to transition out of homelessness. And we ask, is the Elk Grove Mayor and City Council compassionate, cowardly, or just five wasps? Chapter 2. Let's start with a brief description of the project called the Oak Rose Apartments. The proposal was brought forward by the Long Beach, California-based nonprofit group Accelerate, and Sacramento-based Hope Cooperative under California's Senate Bill 35. SB 35, as it is known, allows for a streamlined approval for California's notoriously difficult project review process if the project addresses affordable housing needs in a city that has not met its state housing goals, which Elk Grove has not. The project called for 66 studio apartments, complete with on-site supportive services to help people overcome homelessness. It wasn't an emergency shelter or soup kitchen. It was to offer the residents an array of social services and guidance. The project was proposed in Elk Grove's special planning area called Old Town. Special planning areas, or SPAs as they are known, typically have a specific design and zoning standard that should have little, if any, deviation. But as we will see, that's not always true. Elk Grove City Attorney Jonathan Hobbs noted, unlike many developers, the project proponents were not seeking financial incentives either. They, uh, do, they, they make it clear that they are not asking for an incentive or concession. Now to qualify for an SB 35 approval, a project must meet every local requirement. 
And there is no disagreement on this fact. The project met all but one of the city's Old Town SPA requirements. As we'll see, this provided the five-member Elk Grove City Council a convenient out. But as with every story involving affordable and supportive housing and the homeless, there's a lot more to unwrap. Chapter 3. When the Elk Grove City Council met on July 27, 2022, they were specifically considering an appeal of a decision made several weeks earlier by the city's planning commission denying the SB 35 request. The planning commission reasoned the project met all but one of the planning requirements. To reverse the denial, the Elk Grove City Council could defer the staff's recommendation to deny the appeal and simply make an amendment for that one item to the special planning area and for that project only and give it a green light to proceed. Let's hear what one Elk Grove resident, Ms. Lynn Wheat, said during public comment on non-agenda items that same evening. Good evening, Mayor and Council Members. This evening, I have brought with me our city's general plan. This is the guiding plan and policies for the development of our city. And I have been quite active in land use planning. Since the beginning of uh, my uh, checking rezones and general plan up, uh, updates, I followed and have tried to keep a list of them. So we've had approximately 73 general plan amendments and updates. Now this general plan update was adopted in 2019. And since then, we've had a number of general plan updates and rezones, but they've been bundled together. So by state law, you can do four amendments to your general plan. And indeed, we have done that to many projects. And here is the really crucial part as it relates to the special planning areas. And some of those projects have fallen into special planning areas. So we've determined that something better might fit there and we'll change that. So it didn't really matter what that special planning area said. Our city, in your wisdom, changed those plans. Now I may or may not have agreed with them, but that's how it happened. Not to put too fine of a point on her comments, but Wheat is saying the special planning areas are not sacrosanct. They have been changed in the past and they could be changed again. These changes typically come at the request of wealthy real estate developers who donate substantial sums of money to these same city council members. But as often is the case in projects that have affordable or homelessness attached, opposition arose. Nearby residents organize and they let their displeasure with the project be known. Let's listen to some of the comments during the July 27th meeting by those opposing the project. The first speaker was typical of all the opponents, saying it was not the right project in the right place. Specifically, she said there were no services nearby, which we will see is false. Anyway, Oak, Oak Rose is, is with supportive housing, is a bad fit for this area. 
There's no medical, no low-cost shopping, and it's, it's just not a good fit for this area. Do you really think that this proposal is in the best interest for our city? Some speakers claimed to be compassionate, but again implied the residents were threats. In fact, there were implications that all the residents were going to be men, and they were all going to be some sort of sex offender. I am an ex-Peace Corps worker, and I have a huge heart. But this is not appropriate for going across the street from my preschool. It's not appropriate. Again, another speaker said, let's put it someplace else. I would say we should look maybe doing it someplace else. That makes a lot more sense. Thank you very much. Thank you, sir. The one speaker who best reflected perhaps the true motivation of Mayor Singh Allen and her city council members was this gentleman. Put another way, as a mayor or city council member, if you want to be loved and liked, kowtow to the worst element in your community and shuffle people needing assistance off to an isolated commercial area. So I beg of you, if you want Elk Grove to love their city council and their mayor, deny this request. You want, to be, you want to be loved and liked, and you all look intelligent. Deny this, deny this, because it's, it's in a bad... Hey, I have property on Elk Grove, Florin Road, the Old Valley Painting Place. That, that property is suitable for this. It's commercial. Let them go down there, and, and their idea is okay. Yet again, another speaker implied residents of the supportive services facility would be a threat to students passing by. Of course, he failed to mention those same kids walk by a bar responsible for numerous DUI arrests at all hours of the day in Elk Grove. Great project, wrong location, okay? We got hundreds of kids that go to Kerr, to go to the schools, go to the high schools, and they do not need to be walking in front of this facility. Oops. Okay, we got a library. We've got a daycare. All of these things have been there and have worked harmoniously together, and then we're going to put this project. All I'm asking you guys is to do what's right for your employers, and that's these people here, okay? These people, all right? I'm not, I'm not, I'm just speaking for them. This business owner in the district implied the facility would cause businesses to close. And I feel like there's a lot of business owners that are probably going to want to close. And if you guys are trying to make things better, this is not a good place to put it. This saloon keeper mocked people who showed a degree of compassion for those really trying to lift themselves up and escape homelessness. And I think we got some people that are really compassionate and loving people. And I, I, my heart goes out to you. You're great. And maybe you should invite some of them people to your home. And, and let him stay there. This business owner hit a triple trope. She implied residents will all be men who will relapse into substance abuse and they'll be sexual predators. I think it's a great, like everyone has said, we think it's a great project, but not for across a hair salon where there's seven women by ourselves with no protection 
next to a bar where it could be setting these, these men up for failure next to a child care where who's going to protect them? Throughout the public comment by opponents to the supportive housing project, though it was never said, there were endless implications that residents who would be guided as they work to put their lives back together are imminent threats to women and children. Chapter 4. To be sure, there were people who spoke in favor of the project during that meeting. But first, what do people who live really close to the development think about the project? We asked our podcast contributor, Dan Schmidt, what he and his family thought of the Oak Rose Apartments. The Schmidts live about 120 yards in a straight line to the proposed site. Dan provided this recorded statement. I am deeply disappointed by the Elk Grove City Council's unanimous vote in opposition to the Oak Rose Apartment Complex project. For council members to say publicly that they have compassion for the homeless and then vote against a project that would provide decent housing and support services for many Elk Grove homeless people is the height of disingenuousness and is an emphatic endorsement of the adage, actions speak louder than words. It is very clear that the Oak Grove City Council's unanimous vote against the affordable housing project with nothing but a pandering to the people who spoke against the project at last week's City Council meeting, most of whom appear to be in favor of providing affordable housing for the homeless if the housing is built in someone else's neighborhood. Elk Grove's homeless people are here, and they are not going to vanish as some might wish. The main factor causing homelessness is a lack of affordable housing. To help the homeless get back in their feet and become self-sufficient, housing must be provided somewhere. My wife and I live within a two-minute walk from the proposed Oak Rose, Rose apartment complex site on Elk Grove Boulevard. We support building a complex on that site. You never know, we might make new neighborhood friends. Back to the meeting comments. This speaker refuted some of the claims said earlier that evening and noted the location of the apartments was within a short walking distance to shopping, services, and most importantly for people getting back on track, volunteer opportunities. We believe this place is the right place because it's within walking distance of great transportation. Right there on the boulevard is the main bus route. There's a grocery store across the street. There's the pharmacy. The food bank isn't that far. And as they talked about, uh, volunteering is a very important part of getting people back into the community. And the food bank is always looking for volunteers. And so what a wonderful way to integrate them right into an area that would allow them to get the kind of comfort and strength to be able to stay housed. A 95% success rate is unbelievable. I'm sure a school district wishes it had that kind of a success rate. And to think that they were able to do that is amazing. This speaker you heard at the beginning of this podcast when Elk Grove proclaimed it was a city of compassion back in those pre-COVID days. In January of 2020, the council, council adopted a charter for compassion 
Okay, and it sets out very clearly what the kinds of things are we should be looking to. And I would just like to ask you, doesn't this project really be one of those things that should demand at least some consideration through the lens of compassion that we have devoted ourselves to? I thank you very much. Thank you. He also noted the following. Just a quick fact. I looked into this. They're very studied, much studied. There is no association between permanent supportive housing and, and uh, rights to crime. They have no effect on it. People have asked that all over. That's, that's just, that's just an, an unsequitur, so you can just, just know that the science has been done on it. Kendra Lewis of the Sacramento Housing Alliance know that there are many people who find themselves homeless who don't fit the stereotypes. More important, she notes it is difficult to get people's services until they have stable housing. I would like to tell the story of a woman, a phone call we received at my organization for a woman who was homeless living in her car. And we asked every question there is imaginable about what's going on here and why. We don't do direct services. That's not what I'm here for. But this woman was homeless because her husband passed away. Um, it was pandemic. She is on Social Security, and she had stage four cancer. And she started living in her car because she had nowhere else to go. We knew where she was parked, and so there was high concern of her ability to survive. And so it took several of us to try to get her off the street. We got her motel housing vouchers just to get her out of the car and off the street. But the issue of her, of her homelessness is until she got permanent affordable housing or some sort of housing, she could not get the treatment or the surgery she needed to remove the cancer. So there are many, many people on these streets that are going through things that are not necessarily drug addicts or mentally ill. There are poor people who are struggling. Making her point for the second time that evening, Lynn Wheat provided a synopsis of the question confronting the city council members. She reminded the mayor and city council how frequently they have changed zoning or the general plan to meet the needs of applicants, most of whom make significant and frequent donations to their campaigns. First, I want to say, if you're uncomfortable going against staff recommendation, it has been done by previous councils. And I can give two examples, Sterling Meadows and the Catholic Church. Second, we, you as a city, you as our leaders, have indeed changed plans for other developers to meet what you believed was a need and against popular demand to not do that. One of them was the signed ordinance. There were a, the room was filled with people opposed, residents opposed to the changing of a sign ordinance. And the will of the council was to do that. Now, I agree that this Rose project probably isn't consistent with the Old Town plan. However, I disagree that there's not a possibility of having it where it should be. Ms. Wheat noted that along with the question of the rezone, the city council was facing a far more important question. Would they act out of compassion or respond to the fear they heard throughout the evening? I'm tired of us being NIMBYs when you adopted an ordinance saying we're a city of compassion. 
I know there are members in our community that are compassionate. We got to quit responding out of fear and move forward. Chapter five. After all the comments were entered into the record, Elk Grove Mayor Bobby Singh Allen, Vice Mayor Darren Soon, and Council Members Patrick Hume, Stephanie Wynn, and Kevin Spees had their opportunity to respond to the comments and deliberate. After a circuitous and scripted legal discussion by City Attorney Hobbs, the five-member City Council started commenting. First up was Council Member Hume, who represents the district where the project was proposed for. Not surprisingly, Hume, who is running for the Sacramento County Board of Supervisors and cannot risk alienating his most loyal supporters, started with an obligatory statement of, you guessed it, compassion. So, look, nobody is setting out to be mean, to be uncompassionate. Um, Hume then obliquely voiced his objection. Um, but... Uh, Unfortunately, uh, the only uh, thread of the sweater that I can pull on under SB 35 is the objectional standard, and I didn't, this project does not meet it. Next was Vice Mayor Darren Soon, who made his obligatory compassion statement. This council, I believe, in my sentiment, and as well as Councilmember Humes, from you just heard from, we strongly believe in being compassionate and caring. We believe that the people here uh, care about the underserved. And so we're, we're not attacking those that at all. Suen mildly pushed back on the fear-inspired comments spoken that evening. So this is something that we're going to have to learn to accept. In spite of that, Suen collapsed like a house of cards, told the line, and denied the appeal. And I support uh, the staff's recommendation in that this land use issue is an objective a policy that this project does not meet. Like his colleagues, Councilmember Kevin Speast claimed they were all compassionate people. The city of Elk Grove, I believe all of us here are compassionate. And then Speast became indignant. To say or to believe that we don't have compassion is frankly insulting. And of course, Speast followed suit and fell in line. It does not meet the objective criteria of the Old Town Special Plan Area. I don't support a request uh, for the Developmental Standard Waiver. Um, I, I uh, accept staff recommendations to deny the, the appeal. To her credit, Councilmember Stephanie Wynn never made any claims about being compassionate. And unfortunately, this project does not meet the standard or the criteria, and so I will take the staff's recommendation and deny this application. It is noteworthy Wynn is running for the California Assembly and desperately needs the votes, mostly Republican, in this city council district in what will be a close race against a fellow Democrat. Electoral politics always trumps doing the right thing, we suppose. And finally, there is Mayor Bobby Singh Allen. Of the five council members, she waxed poetically about her compassion. Because what you see here is compassion. It is compassion. And then she repeated, There is no shortage of compassion in the city of Elk Grove. 
Notwithstanding her talk about compassion, Singh Allen stood behind the staff report, who ultimately had their paycheck signed by the mayor and the city council, after all, and denied the supportive housing project. So as it relates to really the question before us, there's really only one, and that is whether the objective standards are met. I believe and support our staff report. I think they provided sound reasoning as to why we should deny this appeal. Now we have one more thing to point out. People of a certain age and historical perspective may have picked up on this. Listen to this comment the mayor made about local control. We hear these arguments all the time. And where we are best suited to make a difference together, when we're better together, is when we can work through these issues and and find solutions together versus state law that unfortunately a lot of local jurisdictions are still struggling with. We know our communities best. You know our community best. The mayor may not realize it, and we sincerely hope this was a faux pas on her part. But when a politician starts talking about local control over a higher governing body, you are entering segregationist territory. Recall, segregation and Jim Crow laws were based on states' rights or local control, as it was often called, over federal constitutional rights. Do better, Mayor Singh Allen. Chapter 6. Let's ask the question. Are Mayor Bobby Singh Allen, Vice Mayor Darren Soon, and Council Members Patrick Hume, Stephanie Wynn, and Kevin Spees cold, heartless individuals for their denial of the supportive housing project? Only they can answer that question about the compassion they possess in their heart. But we'll fall back on the old adage. You know the one about actions speaking louder than words? Had this amendment change for the Old Town SPA been made by one of their wealthy campaign patrons, it probably would have been adopted. So while these five elected officials can only look into their heart and know if they are compassionate, we are comfortable with saying this. Each one of the city council members bowed to the lowest common denominator, fear and ignorance. And in our book, that equals cowardice. But before we end this podcast, strange as it may seem, we are compelled to discuss the possible relocation of the Sacramento Zoo to Elk Grove and Gordon Gecko, the villain in the movie Wall Street. In her zealous promotion of relocating the zoo to Elk Grove, This has become Mayor Singh Allen's rallying call. But most importantly, it's really about the animals. It seems the Elk Grove Mayor and City Council have more compassion about zoo animals than the people living in their city. Which brings us to Gordon Gecko, who said, That's the thing you got to remember about wasps. 
They love animals. They can't stand people. It appears we have five wasps more interested in animals than people.